Hello and welcome to Running the Table, an ongoing podcast about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. If you would like to ask a question to our host or guests, please email your questions to rttpodcast at gmail.com or send them to at Running the Table on Twitter or Facebook. As always, I'm your host, Keith, and today we will be discussing some of the more social aspects of tabletop role-playing games. Now, I don't mean forming groups or sharing your exploits on Twitter. I mean actually playing together and getting along at the same time. Tabletop role-playing games and sessions are by nature very social. Whether you're a player or a GM, it is important to be aware of how your words and actions can impact everyone you're playing with. Empathy isn't just for the psychics. To make a game truly fun takes a lot of trust and open, honest communication. If you really want something for a character, speak up. It may not happen just because you want it, but if you never voice your desires for character growth in some certain direction, it'll definitely never happen. And for the GMs, being open to character concepts and directions from players is important. You shouldn't feel the need to sacrifice your story or your world for these kinds of desires, but you should also communicate exactly why you might be against something in an open and kind manner. In fact, story time. Two different dungeon masters playing Dungeons & Dragons, who both didn't want their players to play bards. But one communicated well, and one did not. Let's start with the what not to do. A player we will call Jack wanted to play a bard. He came up with a character concept that he absolutely loved. We don't need to go into detail about what it was, but suffice to say Jack was very enthusiastic. Jack brought this concept to his dungeon master, interested in getting approval to play this character in the DM's world. The DM said, no, You can't play that. Jack was disappointed, but made another bard with a different concept, avoiding what he thought the issues were in the backstory. Again, his DM turned down the concept entirely with a simple no. Jack gave it one last try, but again his DM turned him down. Fed up with the situation, Jack asked plainly, Will I ever be able to play a bard? And was informed, No, bards are stupid. Play something else. Not exactly the best communication going on here, and the Dungeon Master definitely failed in building trust and an open group dynamic between himself and his player, not to mention failing at being kind. But forbidding a certain aspect of the game you're playing for your own reasons or your story is not by itself bad. So let's take a look at the same class being barred from play, but with a more clearly and kindly communicated reason. A player we'll call Cassandra wanted to play a bard and had come up with a character concept that greatly interested her. She brought it to her DM, who informed her that bards would not be accepted in the world they created. Namely, in this world, music's a real thing. Background music is real to the characters. It's something that we hear. It's powerful and those that create magic through music are capable of godly powers. They can change and rewrite the world, and as such, the world only chooses one bard at the time. 
this bard is actually a story character. So I'm sorry, I can't let you be a bard. But let's hear the character concept, and we'll see if we can work out something that would fit with what you've made. This is the world of difference that open, honest, and compassionate communication can make in your story and your experiences as a GM or player. But the onus of communication isn't entirely on the GM. Players need to communicate with each other and with the GM just as effectively. If something is bothering you, you might want to find a way to make it known. Whether it's speaking up with everyone, or a private text to someone directly, or even someone else in the group entirely, who may just be able to share it with others. However you feel the most comfortable, no one's a mind reader outside the game, so they need you to share. Let's take a look at another couple of stories. This time, it's the player communication that needed some work, or was done well. So in both of these stories, a player was a little burnt out with their character. They had another one waiting in the rosters that they would prefer to play. Again, we'll start with the horror story. In this story, we have Kylie. Kylie had been playing a stereotypical helpful hero for their first character in this campaign. But the do-gooder no longer was as fun or interesting, and her character had failed to grow as the campaign progressed. In short, she just wasn't feeling it anymore and wasn't really clicking with the character. Her solution, however, was she began to make her character throw themselves into more dangerous situations. Soon, this goody two-shoes was attempting to steal in the market and pick fights with guards, anything to up the danger levels simply because the player wanted it. They threw out role-playing the character entirely just to put themselves in more danger. It even got to the point that the plot lines that had been set up by the dungeon master were getting cut or thrown off tempo. So much so that her DM, who normally abhorred killing players, finally killed off the fighter. Kylie immediately pulled out her new anti-hero with great excitement, ready to play again. And the other players and GM begrudgingly accepted this as a replacement. However, partly because of the player's behavior, and partly from the abruptness of the character's entry, no one really clicked with the new character. They also hadn't been worked into the story, and their entry was a bit forced. Ultimately, this left Kylie and the rest of the group frustrated, and eventually led her to leave the group behind. Kylie's lack of communication with her other players and her GM ended up making them feel as though their parts in the story were at risk just because she wanted to play something else and was changing her character's behavior. She alienated the people she wished to play with, leaving them with no appreciation for the character she loved so much that she was willing to throw her other one onto the pyre for. But players get burnt out with characters all the time. This is a simple fact of tabletop RPGs. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to change things up to help you re-engage with the game. So let's take a look at an example of effective communication for dealing with character burnout. Zane's character had been losing his interest as the game wore on. While he initially really wanted to be a bard, the campaign had turned away from the initial city concept and gone rural as the party had gone on the lamb. It didn't match well with his character concept, 
and had turned his very city-focused character into more of a liability than a use. Besides, it was just plain boring for him to be playing a street busker with no audience. While they traversed the countryside, Zane thought it would be interesting to have a new character concept that fit more with the environment and would be more enjoyable to play. At this point is the crucial difference between these stories. Zane spoke with his GM. He didn't play his character differently or attempt to sabotage situations just to die so that he could introduce his new character. Instead, he spoke directly and honestly with his GM about the burnout he was facing. Zane and his GM worked out a graceful exit and entrance for his characters. Namely, contingent upon an encounter in the next session that the GM had designed, the bard would either get captured and return to the city, or might even find a new home in the wilderness. Ultimately, the bard was captured, and the party was near to meeting the same fate when Zane's new ranger made an appearance and saved them. This both ingratiated the new character with the party and set up a logical reason for the switch to occur. Now, some of this may seem like common sense to some of you who have been running games for a long time, but forming these solid lines of communication and trust between players and GMs can still be difficult and take time. So, how can we build those avenues? To start with, open and honest communication is a two-way street. If you want your players to speak with you, you need to be open and speak with them. And if you want to speak with your GM on easy terms, you need to open up. You don't need to share all the secret twists and turns of your game as a GM, but simply being open about some things that are coming up or about the existence of other story avenues or secrets in the game can be helpful. If you, as GM, say no to someone's actions or goals, give a reason. Even if the reason is as simple as, you know, that would ruin something really cool that I have planned later on, so I'm going to have to say no. Knowing is better than a flat denial. But beyond these seemingly straightforward attempts at communication and building that trust, there are a few things that I think every GM can do to help facilitate these effective lines of communication and trust. First, and this is super important, have a session zero. I cannot stress this enough. You need a session zero. It doesn't matter if you're even just doing a one-shot. Your session zero can be a 30-minute talk or an hour of discussing what you plan and what you have set up. Just talk about it beforehand. Discuss what the adventure will be like, what the player's expectations are, and what your expectations as GM are. Knowing these kinds of things up front will help you as a GM to craft the world and story into something that will be fun for everyone, and it will help your players play effectively in the story that you guide them through. Second, if possible, spend some time to get to know your players. This is why we tend to gravitate towards playing with our friends or our friends of friends. It's easier to rely on and trust people that we're already friendly with rather than total strangers. But that's not everybody that we play with. Sometimes we start a new group and we might actually be acquaintances or maybe even total strangers with people. 
or it might even be at an event. In these kinds of instances, getting to know more about the players, sharing something about yourself, and opening up with each other can help to build trust and communication. But remember, it's as simple as this. Listen, don't just talk, and share, don't just listen. Third, establishing boundaries and clear expectations early on. This is something that you probably should spend some session zero time working on, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, it can be done over chat or text or however. Um, but the important thing is we're playing a game that really allows for a great deal of different interactions and tabletop role-playing games in general just have a wide variety of avenues that they can go down. So some of these interactions you or your players may not be comfortable with, and some of them you may be fine with. If you have hard lines or certain areas that you would prefer not to go into, whether in meta or role-playing, make them known. This goes for anything from not allowing players to pick up the dice after they roll them, to not wanting your GM to touch on certain triggering subjects during gameplay. These are the three major areas that I've seen where both GMs and players can succeed wonderfully or fail spectacularly when participating in tabletop role-playing games. Beyond this, though, kindness and communication are the key. I feel like I've said the word communication a thousand times during this episode, and honestly, it's just because it's that important. As long as you remember that you're all going to be playing a game together and trying to have fun, it should hopefully come pretty easy that you build that rapport and trust with each other as time goes on. If it just doesn't take hold, it may be time to sit down, have a chat, or maybe even, in worst-case scenarios, find another group. You shouldn't feel bad about finding a group if you just can't build that kind of trust and uh, environment for yourselves. And this goes for GMs as much as for players. As players, you should feel totally empowered to find another group with another GM. And as GMs, you should feel able to fire players from your group. Uh, if they just cannot get along with the people in there and refuse to communicate, it may be time for them to move on. But remember, do it in a kind way and communicate what's going on. Give them a chance if need be. But I think that ultimately what it comes down to is play games, be kind, and have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table on Playing Together. Please join me next episode where I will be joined by DM Nick from the Very Good Adventure team. We'll touch on this subject a bit more and discuss some other aspects of the game as well. As always, if you find yourself with questions you want answered about anything tabletop role-playing game related, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also reach out to me at Running the Table on both Twitter and Facebook.